0: If you're the business owner who Mm -hmm. you actually like to work with and what interests you. So if it's a group of people and you just absolutely hate working with them, it's probably not. (laughs) Even if it's really profitable, it's probably not the best route to go because you're going to hate your work.
1: Hello AgencyGo fam, welcome to How to Scale an Agency, where we interview top digital marketing agency owners like Abstract Management, One SEO, and Uplus to learn how they scale to $10 million in revenue per year. If you would like to be part of a 200 plus member digital marketing agency owner community, go to grow.agencygo.io and sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of How to Scale Your Agency. I'm on with Joseph Lewin. Uh, he is a digital marketing guru, owns a company called uh, Brand Co. works with another company called Part Solutions, and he's doing a lot of different digital marketing campaigns, scaling agencies, et cetera, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. So thank you uh, so much for being here, Joseph. Could you give us a little bit of background on, on what you do and, and anything I might have missed?
0: Yeah, for sure. It's a business identity co, so... Close, but yeah, so I I worked full time for a while running an agency called the, the Business Identity Co., And originally I was focused on creating visual content for people and it kind of morphed into helping business owners understand their audience. So I created a process called the brand compass and the idea of that is doing voice of the customer research, which is going to be interviewing customers and prospects to understand what your audience is actually looking for and understanding their pain points and problems and then creating unified messaging around what you're doing so that you can really stick your messaging with them. Because before I was creating content and recognizing that the business owner didn't really have an idea of who their audience was. So we were creating whatever seemed interesting to that business owner, but it wasn't necessarily what was actually connecting with their audience. So it was helping bridge the gap between what the pain points in the market actually were And what the business owner thought that it was, you know, right now I'm working full time for a company called Part Solutions. And I do a lot of different digital marketing things here, focus very heavily on content writing for SEO. And we write a lot to technical audiences, engineering audiences, and do a lot of video creation and stuff for that company too. So yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at at the moment, what I've been working on.
1: And, you know, we actually do that as well with technical SEO and content writing for my business, Twiz.io. I'm curious from your perspective, how hard has it been to scale expert writing? Have you guys had any snags or issues with that?
0: Yeah, I think probably the most challenging thing is just making sure that we're connecting, uh, that the content that we're writing is accurate. And we write a lot to engineers and they will definitely go after you if what you're writing isn't accurate. So you yes. know, when we're writing this content, not only do we have to research it and understand enough about the overarching topics to write about them, but then also you know, we have some engineers in our company and then other people that we have relationship with that will kind of audit the content and make sure that what we're writing is actually true yeah. and accurate. And yeah, being in a technical space like that, there's definitely some extra hurdles that you have to jump through. But one thing that I'm, I've made a switch in recently, is focusing more on doing interviewing subject matter experts in a video format like this, and then writing content based off of those yeah. interviews. It makes it way easier and way faster to write higher quality content. And then if there's something that's inaccurate, it's more on that subject matter expert than it is on me. So I don't have yeah. to try to be an expert in some engineering topic that I <laughs> just started researching about. You know, It's more on the subject matter yeah. expert and we're kind of borrowing their expertise to write that content, and then we have yes. better relationships with those subject matter experts also when we've interviewed them. So we kind of get to help promote them and what they're doing, but also benefit from their expertise. It's
1: yeah, very true. You know, actually, I was, I've, I've been waiting for someone to bring this up on the show because I feel like it's a little growth hack that I wish I had done earlier with my SEO company. Because the thing is. What we did is we didn't actually do the video uh, approach, but we did something similar because we were having the same issue, which was we will basically give them a blog topic outline with like eight, you know, headings and the whole formatting and everything. And then we'd have them, you know, download the Loom extension to download and, and make Loom videos. And then Loom does automatic transcription of their whole conversation and so they literally just pull up the document with the topic they just talk for 10 minutes and then we take that conversation they had with themselves we transcribe it and then we turn it into a blog and then we adjust it and format it because that's the thing right so you have, to, you have to think about what you're selling at the end of the day they're coming to you because they want their content to rank and convert they're not coming to you to be the subject matter expert so at the end of the day they don't really care if you know everything about the subject they just want to make sure it's translated appropriately and gets them ranked higher so if anyone's out there listening and they have an seo company just start doing it this way because i can't it seems like it's a common thread that every single seo company has the same problem if they write content for somebody who is considered an expert right so interesting that you uh and experienced a a similar thing you do have on your website that you work with digital marketing companies so could you as well as being an agency etc yourself Could you explain like how that works? What is like the biggest problem that a digital market agency has typically with their brand identity and things like that?
0: Yeah, I think the two biggest challenges are going to be trying to do, offer too many services and trying to offer those services to too many people. And I would say the majority of agencies that I've run into, they're trying to be the end all be all where somebody can come to their agency and, and they'll just do absolutely everything for them. And unless you're a massive agency, it's not possible to do that. And number two, even if you are a massive agency, you're not going to really be able to do that as well as somebody that's specialized. So especially for smaller companies, or if it's an individual, you're far better off finding a need in the market that nobody else is filling. And that could be either that you're going to offer a service in a way that nobody else is offering it, or you're going to offer a service to a group of people that aren't typically getting that. So an example would be if you're doing something as niche as like, You do podcasts for B2B companies. I have some friends that do that. And that's pretty niche enough of an offering to where you can find people who are going to need that service that are B2B, you know, just general B2B companies. But then if you want to do something like SEO that's much more broad, then it might be finding, you know, maybe you do SEO for manufacturing companies or something like that. And the reason that you would specialize on a product and a group of people, and I think you could you're probably best off if you do both. So if you did B2B podcasts, specifically for manufacturing companies, there are so many manufacturing companies out there, you're not really gonna run out of customer base, but by narrowing down like that on what you offer and who you offer it to, you can understand that market and the customers and what they need. And the, the longer you do it, the better you get at doing B2B podcasts for manufacturers specifically. And you're gonna learn the language, you're gonna learn you know the challenges of their customers, So the more specific you get, the easier it is to create something that's really meaningful, that's gonna be much harder for somebody else to duplicate, that's offering a more general solution to people.
1: I remember when I was first starting to scale my agency, I felt like I was running in a million different directions and I was eventually able to scale my agency TWIZ to $1.7 million per year in revenue, but not until after I had wasted so much time and money through trial and error. This is why I launched our Agency Go community, the digital marketing agency community I never had. For only $19 per month, you get access to over $100,000 in deals, discounts, tools, and resources to scale your agency. I will also personally teach you how to grow your agency through our group masterclasses. What are you waiting for? Go to grow.agencygo.io and sign up for our membership today. If after 30 days, your head is not exploding with value and you do not feel like you know everything you need to know to run your agency, I'll give you your money back. No questions asked. Again, that's grow.agencygo.io to sign up today. I've always wanted to ask this, especially because I to, to an expert in sort of niches and identity and branding and things like that, because I've been going through that process of, of being more of a general solution to then becoming more niche. And, you know, one thing that I, I'm curious of is, you, you know, it's actually really easy for people to identify a niche because you could pretty much just come up with thousands of potential niches. But how do you know if it's the right niche? Like what signals do you get back from the market to know you found the right one?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing is if you're the business owner, who you mm-hmm. actually like to work with and what interests you. So, if it's a group of people and you just absolutely hate working with them, it's probably not. <laughs> even if it's really profitable, it's probably not the best route to go because you're going to hate your work. So, yeah. you know, if you're the owner and you just get to have the sole discretion of who you're going to work with and who you're not, just deciding based off of something that interests you and and uh, people that you enjoy working with, the type type of person. So. You know let's go back to the manufacturing example if you love learning about how things work and how manufacturers create new products that would be awesome but if you you know thinking of talking to engineers is like pulling teeth and you you know you get bored talking to engineers all day probably not going to be the best fit you know and if you but if you love fitness people and you're super into that then just going off of interest because you're going to be creating this content all the time so if you're completely bored out of your mind with the type of content Again, it's probably not going to be something you're going to be able to do every day for a long time and really scale it because you're not passionate about it and people can definitely tell. And if you don't, if you're not the business owner, you don't have sole discretion of just like choosing whatever you want, then I'd be looking for things like, where is there a gap in the market? So where where is there a group of people that everybody else is overlooking? And so, you know, I'm going to use the manufacturing example again, just because it's, I'm pretty close to that. And so I get a, a insight into that manufacturing isn't as sexy as consumer marketing you know like working for a fashion company or you know even something like fitness is people get excited about that and they want to work in that area but the manufacturing world is extremely overlooked because it's just not as flashy as behind the scenes when you tell your friends about you know that you run an agency and you say oh i run an agency working with manufacturers it's kind of like Oh, that, you know, that's interesting next, you know, whereas if you're like, (laughs) Oh, I work with the top fitness brands in the world, you know, people get excited about that. But the fact that not everybody gets excited about it means that there's a lot more opportunity for you to do do something for those companies and really move the needle for them much easier and create a solution that they'll be excited about. And
1: yeah, that's a great answer. And I was thinking, you know, to that point, I mean, that's. That's great from the person who's picking the niche. Like, you know, you got to be aligned. You got to see if anybody's found out if that's a good niche yet or not. But I mean, from the actual customers, I mean, what's a good signal they should point to? I mean, is it a certain level of excitement? Is there anything that you guys look for in terms of demand where you're like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a niche that has not been tapped. Look at how these people are responding. Look at how they're telling me no one's ever done something like this before. Like, how do you know that you've not only identified the best one for you and that nobody else has even done at least from what you subjectively think but also how do you know that you found it based on like what customers are telling you
0: i mean i think in the end of the day it comes down to and where i've made the biggest mistakes in in scaling my business before is creating something that i know that there's a need for in the market but there there wasn't actually demand for it Mm -hmm. and so then i have to try to figure out how do i create demand for something that people don't know they need so right. I know what the problem is, and i I knew what the problem is. I knew what the problem was for this customer for my customers more than they did mm-hmm. but then they didn't really understand that they that they needed it. So they had yep. the pain, but they were thinking that their pain was coming from a different problem than it was, mm-hmm. and I spent a lot more time working in that area than they did. so I knew what I knew what the problem was, but I couldn't convince them that the pain was coming from what their problem actually was. So they're yeah. thinking, Oh, I need more content. It's like, no, you don't have a content problem. You don't understand who your customer is. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> If you don't understand who they are and what they're looking for, then yeah. it doesn't matter how much content you create. You're never going to create something meaningful. Fair, fair. And so in order to figure out what those pain, what those pain points are and to make sure what you're doing, that there's a demand for it, you're just interviewing people in that space. And before yeah. you create your offering, before you create some huge process and develop all of this stuff, Go talk to people who are potential customers. And you know you can get on LinkedIn and reach out to people in that industry with those titles. And you can just say, hey, I'm new to this industry. I'm curious about these different things. Would you be open to chatting with me for 15 minutes? And you will find people that will say, sure. And then you jump on and then you just ask them questions that are tightly related to what you're looking to work on and listen right. to see if they say, man, yeah, that's really a challenge for us. And we don't really know how to solve it. Or if they're like, nah, not an issue. And if you get that, nah, not an issue from, you know, 80% of the people, <laughs> it's probably <laughs> a good indicator that it's going to be pretty challenging to get anything to move in that particular niche.
1: So let's wrap up here with a couple final questions. It's been great having you on the show. I know you got to jump pretty soon, but how many clients do you currently have that you're working with?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, on the, on the agency side, like I said before, I kind of scaled it down. So I only have, you know, maybe five customers. And even when I was doing it full time, it was more just working closely with a few clients at a time. And then I'd usually get them set with what they needed and then work with a few more. So at this point I'm, I'm kind of keeping it pretty low, you know, with things that that are more automated that I have going for them. So it's just kind of checking in right. on certain things every month. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm definitely looking in down the road to kind of dive back into that world again and, and get it rolling again.
1: And is it like a monthly retainer? Like how how much are these people paying per month typically? And I ask because a lot of people are interested in launching similar kinds of companies. They want to know like what a good price range would be for these things.
0: Right. The way that I was running it before, I would get people to pay me upfront and I would do projects for them. So, you know, typically I had something like a package that I was working on that would be five grand or 10 grand. And then I was having a... a, um, a solution that I was providing for them. And so I was able to make way more money per hour that way, because I was selling them something that was valuable to them, but they didn't know how much work went in it for me. Whereas if I was doing it by the hour, then I was kind of limited to, uh, the better I was at something and the faster I was at getting it done and the better I was at automating and creating things (laughs) upfront, the less money that I would make for my effort, so um, I was kind of doing it
1: that way. Just a couple of last ones here because I'm trying to squeeze these in before you got to go. Uh, any business book recommendations that you'd have for the audience? Yeah, I mean, uh, geez,
0: there's a lot of really excellent books that I love. I mean, if you're talking about scaling, there's a book called Built to Sell that I really like. Got and it. The E Myth Revisited is another one along mm-hmm. those lines. Super excellent. But my top business book recommendation is Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss mm. about That's, negotiation. Yeah. And, um, just learning how to ask better questions and, um, that helps with sales and interviewing customers and, you know, anything where you're talking with other humans,
1: (laughs) that book (laughs) is amazing. I actually met him, so I'm I'm familiar with him. He was like in the group I was part of. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 31. Okay. And, and, and what's something that you wish you knew when you were 20?
0: That you can't really get people to change as -hmm. much as you might think that you can. And so instead of approaching, um, sales conversations or marketing conversations saying, how can I get this person to change their mind? Um, going in with more curiosity and using techniques like you'll learn and never split the difference to, to put the other person in the driver's seat of conversations and you know, the more they talk, the more that you're going to find out what they actually need and what's important to them. And then you can provide things for them that they actually want rather than what
1: you think they need. And when did you launch the agency? What year was that?
0: Um, Originally, I started in 2015 and then kind of slowed it down in 2019 when I started working here and, um, yeah, just had things rolling in the background for a while on that one.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Joseph. Um, If anybody is interested in contacting you, uh, how do they do it? Just email or what's what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, LinkedIn.
0: I mean, I'm super active on LinkedIn, so find me on LinkedIn, look up Joseph Lewin. You should find me and uh, definitely the best place to reach
1: out. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, Joseph's got an amazing company focusing on brand identity for digital marketing agencies, other types of firms. And so if anybody here is interested in growing by rehashing their brand identity, definitely hit them up on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Joseph, for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.